Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Cood Street is spending ten minutes or so with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading, and what they'd recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today, I'm spending ten minutes or so with the Hugo, BSFA, and Crawford Award-winning author of Sorcerer to the Crown and the True Queen, Zen Cho, Cho who joins me from somewhere in England. Hello, Zen. <laughs> Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm well. Well, and yourself? I'm good. I'm good. We had this whole conversation already, but let's just have it again. <laughs> the expurgated version. That's right. <laughs> so how are you? How is this great and terrible pause treating you? So, you know, um, as you said, I'm, I'm somewhere in England. I'm actually based in Birmingham. Um, and most of my friends in, are, are in London. Um, uh, I moved here a couple of years ago. Um, and I was saying to you, it, it, it's almost like less isolating now because I've got a small child as well. So I was at home a lot anyway before all this started happening. And then once the lockdown started happening, everyone else was at home as well. So in a way, it's, um, they've, be- they've become more accessible. You know, I've been kind of setting up Skype calls, Zoom calls, just like everyone else has, has done. Um, obviously, I miss uh, in-person interaction and most of all, I miss childcare. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, and, uh, you know, lockdown has been, has been fine to me, really. Yeah. Do you find that you're able to, to read, to work, to function? Um, my approach to this, right, is kind of do the minimum and get through it. So, um, I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this in a public podcast, <laughs> but I've basically been doing, you know, just as much as I can to kind of get through both my day job and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a double deadline that I'm working towards. Um, but, um, apart from that, like I've, I've just like any kind of extra stuff that I might be doing usually, like I've, I've just been like really relaxed about that because yeah. I, I don't see this as a time to be ultra productive. Um, I've been all right at reading actually. I kind of lost my reading mojo at the beginning, but then I worked out what I wanted to read mm-hmm. and it kind of got me back into it. And what it was, was, um, I was sort of thinking, you know, this time, what this time really reminds me of, um, and, and, you know, this obviously does highlight the fact, like, that I have, like, considerable, like, what you call COVID privilege. But what this time really reminds me of is those British wartime novels, children's novels, mm-hmm. um, where, like, atmospherically, like, the backdrop's really stressful, cause, like, you know, there's all this war yeah, going on. Yeah. It's like, you know, evacuations, um, you're in a vacuum, there's, like, rationing, blackouts, da da da. Um, but also it's quite cozy, like the, in terms of the day to day, because you're a small child, you know, you've been evacuated to the countryside or, you know, um, you're like living with your relatives, you know, and you've got like kind of kid problems as well as kind of an overarching kind of sure. war problem. Um, so I started, so I started re- reading stuff like that. So I read, um, reread actually, Goodnight Mr. Tom. I don't know if you, um, no, I don't have know. heard of that. So it's it's very well known in the UK. Um, it's by Michelle McGorry, and I I think um like kids study it at school because it's kind of a classic like war novel. And it's about a young um, boy who's an evacuee who goes from London, um, and she he's sent to the countryside during during the war, World War Two, um, and um ends up with kind of a like an old man, like a lonely old man who has no family, and is kind of seen as a grump, you know, a crank in his village. Um, and they kind of they kind of form a bond and become you know become very close. Um, because the boy the boys has a kind of from an abusive household and the, the man is kind yeah. of so so it's um it's a really like it gets really brutal at points but like it's a really um not not in a war way actually it's 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 brutal because of because of his kind of abusive um family but um um it's it's really moving actually it's, it's all yeah. about healing 
Um, and it's very soothing. It's, it's you know, uh, very lovingly described kind of meals and, you know, like what it feels like to have a warm bath because he's never had had something like that. Before. Yeah. You know, he's never been looked after in that way. Um, so so that's that. that was, I found that kind of quite good reading in a way, the kind of balance of like stress and like comfort. And I don't know why, but at the beginning of the lockdown, like I didn't feel yeah. like reading speculative fiction. Like, I felt like specifically reading this kind of realistic fiction um and i also read the skylark's war by hillary mckay who's another very well-known although she's contemporary she's she's working now um she um very well-known british children's writer and the skylark's war is a uh, world war one um but follows like a like a family um mm-hmm. you know kind of a- around that time um and what kind of happens to them in world war one um it's kind of it's funny though because it's it's marketed as children's fiction be- I assume because she's a very well-known children's sure, writer, yeah. but actually follows them from childhood to, you know, the age because they, they they come of age and they become they're old enough to go off to war when the war happens, yeah. um, and then follows them slightly after that as well. So, um, so it's it's kind of a bit like you know Diana Wynne Jones's Howl's Moving Castle, which is yeah. always in the end section of a bookshop, but it's yeah. about adults <laughs> or, or <laughs> and the very most older teenagers. But Howl has to be a grown-up. I mean. <laughs> So okay, so you've picked, you know you've read the these going away to the countryside, you know sort of war kind of things, but did you end up ever getting to Narnia? <laughs> well, I did kind of. I didn't get to Narnia. I did get to preservation. So um, I then started binging various things. I been I started binging Jane Austen, um, yeah. and then um, and then I got I tripped and fell into a murder bot binge. So um, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm not like recommending anything new to to listeners um, because obviously Murderbot is so massively well known. Um, yeah. I read a really interesting video uh, interview with um, Martha Wells, and, and I'd been meaning to read the Murderbot books for a while. Um, and I think lockdown just lends itself to binging because yeah. instead of doing any of the sort of productive things I usually would do, I'm just like, you know, we're under lockdown, the world's on fire. I'm gonna I'm gonna read another <laughs> book. <laughs> And of course, there's um, the Murderbot books are mostly novellas, and they're very quick reads. So. Yeah. Um, so that was really that was really fun. Um, yeah, and I, can so imagine I, I found the, my uh, SSF mojo back. Well, that's good. I mean, I was going to say I could imagine as well that the, the attraction of reading like serious books about pandemics and stuff—it's not the time, at least to me. Well, I think some people, like I've got a couple of friends actually yeah. who are who are doing a kind of two-person book club where they're reading about past pandemics. So, so yeah, <laughs> you know, there's something for everyone. And I think like pandemic books are doing quite well right now. So mm. it's just what people feel like, isn't yeah. it? But I, I um. I thought it was interesting because, you know, with the kind of World War Two or World One books I was reading, they they are kind of they were close enough to the situation for me, but not like just far enough as well. Like it, yeah. it, that's kind of the balance I wanted. Um, the murder bot books are great comfort reads as well, of course, because like you know, there's lots of kind of violence and like mm. you know, like shooting and sci-fi kind of fights. But um, but I guess fundamentally, it's about someone being who's quite kind of a lonely, tra- traumatized person. Yeah. Um, being forced to make friends and have feel have feelings, <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, and and have you know, and have those friends reciprocate those feelings. So that that's um, that was very nice. Um, I'm uh, I'm very sad to finish the series. Like, I, I think I finished it in like less than a week. So you've read up to the end of Network Effect. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got to wait for a fugitive tele- telemetry so, now. So now you have to wait until like next year to see what happens next. No, ages, ages. Ages, I know. Uh, <laughs> so okay. But- yeah. Um, Martin Walker's written loads of books. I'm, I'm starting in the Raxra series. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Let me ask you. Okay. So you, this is what you've been reading. Is there anything particularly you'd recommend for readers? I mean, I keep finding myself 
wondering whether now is the time for serious sort of self-improvement or for distraction and entertainment or what is and in my own sort of shut you know lock in as such as it's been i've mm. had varied feelings and have ended up with kind of comfort and whatever works for you but what's your own feeling are there things you look back on that people you think people might find worthwhile now or that would be worth looking at well, you know, I'd recommend all the books that I was talking about um, that I've been reading. Um, mm. I, I think it really depends on where you are personally. Like, I, I think, like, I think particularly, I don't know if this affects kind of your, um, like, kind of people in your peer group in terms of age as much, Jonathan, yeah. but definitely people, like, around my age or younger, I tend to feel are, like, really, um, I mean, brainwashed by capitalism. It's going to sound so bad, but <laughs> I, I, like... I, I think like, you know, a lot of us have been kind of um, shaped by maybe school and, and pop culture mm. and, and kind of social media into thinking, into really kind of thinking you know, of ourselves in a way as being kind of um, endlessly provable, um, you know, as, as, as like we should be productive all the time. You know, we should be at capacity and we should be, you know, we should be doing yoga. We should be like exercising so we're super healthy and we should be improving our minds and we should also be involved in activism and da, da, da. Um, in a way that I really think is kind of, um, because society is kind of shaped to try to get us to maximize ourselves as productive units. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and like, and, and I, I really respect so, so, my my mum and my sister are particularly good at this actually i really respect people who are happy to do things that are not you know useful in any way like yeah. not not viewed as a, like not something you would really put on instagram to kind sure, of brag sure. about so my you know my my sister's perfectly happy just spending days and days just watching the most trashy <laughs> reality tv you can imagine yeah and 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 then she and she'll come and tell about tell you about it in detail um <laughs> <laughs> you know and there's no sense that oh right i should have used that time to like yeah. study french or you know like um you know catch up on my reader read like the journey through the west and the original chinese like i think um i think you know you're not you're not a productive uh, unit you're a human being so yeah. Um, and like, ultimately, you don't owe your labor to to anyone. Like, you know, when you die, that's not going to be like, you know, like a uh, like someone saying, "Well, did you do? Did you you know study like Latin verbs every day? Whatever, you know." Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, that, that's really long. It doesn't include any book recs, but that's that's what I think. <laughs> I think it should it should be whatever works for you. And and if you like, if this is the time that you're like, okay, this is the time to read the tale of Genji. Like, yeah. you know, um, you know, go for it. Um, it's it's just that I, I think a lot of people maybe aren't in that space and, and kind of might guilt themselves about it. Yeah. I'm not fan of that. Well, let me ask you then. You've been at home, you've been reading, you've been working. What do you have out in the world? If, if readers want to catch up with Zen Cho, what should they should be looking for? Well, I've got two novels, as you know, but um, they're called Sorcerer to the Crown and True Queen. And I think they're quite good comfort reads. They're kind mm -hmm. of Regency fantasy, lots of banter, um, dragons with monocles, that kind of thing. Um, and um, as as you know, particularly Jonathan, I've got a novella coming out this month uh, from Tor.com Publishing. It's called The Order of the Pyramid Reflected in Water. Um, and Rosi Chen, um, who's the kind of Tor.com editor attached to it, um, as well as you, well, kind of the in-house person, I guess, mm, yeah. um, is uh, calls it Chaos Usia Bandits, which I think is a really good um, description. <laughs> 
Um, what I what I actually say about it because I've seen a couple of reviews and the reviews have been great so far, which is which is really encouraging. But I've seen a couple of reviews very fairly saying it doesn't have that much kung fu for Usia. Usia, by the way, is um, like Chinese martial arts sure. fantasy, sure. Uh, like Crouching Tiger, uh, Hidden Dragon. Um, and um, I think that's fair that it doesn't have that much kung fu for Usia. So actually, I think a more accurate description of it, but it doesn't really fit on the back of a, of a book, is that it's more like, rather than an Usia series, it's more like a fanfic of a 50-episode, long-running Usia series, um, which gives you a slightly different take on the characters. Yeah, um, I reckon it's a Wuxia-adjacent ad- rom-com. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's a good way to explain <laughs> it as well. Yeah. So, so that's out um, towards the end of this month, I think. Yeah. Um, but again, um, lots of jokes, um, some fights, not, not no fights altogether. <laughs> and it's beautiful as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But, but, and, but also the package is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's be absolutely beautiful kind of book physically. Um, the, the, uh, covers by, um, Si Jia Hong and, yeah. um, looks fantastic. I think we're both waiting to f- see physical copies. I can't wait to see. Yeah. Them. Yeah, yeah I'm really looking forward to that. arcs are not the same. No, but, and I think this this will be hardcover, won't it? Um, yeah, I believe so, so yes. So should be good. So Sorcerer to the Crown and the True Queen are in stores now. Um, mm-hmm. The novella will be out in the next few weeks. People can mm-hmm. find them at good bookstores, average bookstores, even some terrible bookstores, just ones that are near and them. That was it. But for the moment, <laughs> Zencho, thank you very much for making the time to talk to me today. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank <laughs> you.